0: Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross Vogel, your host and also your team performance pro, sharing proven actionable strategies for leadership communication and selection. So make sure to follow me if you need any assistance with that. Today's episode, which is number 271, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Melissa Keenan. She helps high powered female CEOs use their feminine energy as a 10x growth strategy. Her clients produce more while doing less by mastering their feminine CEO. She is a keynote speaker, USA Today best-selling and international best-selling author, and The go to intimacy expert for business women. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So let's dive right in and tell me a bit more. Like, of course, I'm all excited about this feminine energy. So tell me a bit more about the work that you do and what impact that you're working to make in the world.
1: Mm, Yeah. Thank you. You know, I think that we, our current society heralds masculine energy above all else. And um, and I think it's important maybe right out the bat to distinguish what I mean by masculine and feminine energy. We're talking about yin and yang energy. We're not talking about girliness or fingernails or surface level stuff. When we talk about feminine energy, just like we're not talking about being muscular when we're talking about masculine energy we're we're talking about energetic principles which been identified and are at play in every aspect of our lives so the masculine society that we that we currently live in and subscribe to is all about achievement accomplishment hustling being driven being focused our worthiness is based on what we can produce and it's exhausting (laughs) (laughs) It's very exhausting. And where where the feminine, on the other hand, is focused more on being, on an essence. It's our approach. It's how we're showing up in the world. And I find this these two polarities to be extremely crucial to understand, especially for high-level business women, because we have had to show up in our masculine to make our mark in society. But that can come with some major drawbacks if we don't then understand how to find these other powerful aspects of ourselves to employ in our relationships, um, in the other aspects of our life to allow us to experience Fulfillment. So this is so important to me because I, I really see like a world where women are very fulfilled from a place of wholeness. There's no compartmentalization. And when women really show up in that whole place, it's like, look out because we are so powerful. But right now we see so many women having to just put ourselves into boxes to make our mark that it limits our power. It limits our impact and the mission that we're actually sent here to do and create.
0: So I I love that you brought up relationships and I, and thank you for the clarification. I think that is really important. Um, I want to kind of test one of my assumptions that I had. I mean, and I remember, you know, reading studies about even child's play and all of that. Is this related to like how boys are very different in their play than girls, that girls tend to be more relational and um, it's not as much about competition, the kind of like, uh, you know, Encouraging everyone to participate and work together and all of those kinds of things is that related
1: you know it is and what I always say to those who I'm teaching and so what I'll say to the audience in this space is never take anything that anyone says or even myself at face value don't just take it as your belief instead take it in and kind of chew on it see how it resonates and see what feels most true for you because this can be kind of a tricky subject now we're saying do yin and yang actually connect to gender and gender as we know to Today is a very big, confusing, complicated topic. It's my personal belief that yes, This is totally related. It's my personal belief that women and girls have a natural tendency or inclination towards gifts in yin and energy. And men and boys have natural inclination towards gifts in masculine energy. So where do our trans friends fall or our non-binary friends fall? And I do not know the full answer to that. I know that it looks different for everyone. But I also know that not understanding or embracing these two polarities within us will hinder anyone, no matter what your gender orientation.
0: Well, and I feel like there's, uh, you know, and so as someone who has been in the I mean, I've been out of the corporate world now for over 20 years, but like prior to that many years ago, uh, you know, honestly, it was even a tougher time to be a woman and and, um, we weren't even talking about really the differences. It was, you know, back then it was the you can have it all kind of a thing. And you really did. There was absolutely this pressure to fully roll into the design of work as it was back then. There wasn't talk about redesigning it or like, you know, bringing in the power of this different type of human (laughs) Um, and so I, I love that you are one, I love the transition that I, I mean, we certainly aren't done yet. There's a lot of work to do, but I mean, there has been progress in the last like 30 years, And but I love that you're encouraging people to really learn about themselves and the power and uniqueness that they can bring.
1: Yeah. And I think the difference between, um, a little bit of what we're talking about here is, is seeing some changes on the societal level at large. And I completely agree with you. What a relief, right? Yes. <laughs> now some space for um, an individual approach and there's a little bit more space, say for instance, for emotion in the corporate workplace and things like that. But we definitely have further work to go but what I'm talking about is bringing it into ourselves. What about in ourselves? Are we actually allowing that space for that duality within us and what potentially, you know, are we missing out on by rejecting our feminine energy as women? That's, that's the conversation I'm having. How about on the inside?
0: Yes. Well, and again, I, and I'm only putting it in the place of the work force because again, there wasn't really room. I don't think to explore your individuality as a woman. That's kind of how I'm seeing it again, like older. And so, yeah. So like, it wasn't, it wasn't a conversation even to think about or have, it was like, how do you roll in versus how are you unique? What different gifting and energy do you have within that, um, that you can bring to the world, whether it's in the workplace or not. But so what experiences motivated you the most to make this unique impact?
1: A couple of different things. (laughs) And I always sort of like go, which one feels most meaningful to share, you know, today?
0: Yeah. Take a minute for sure. Which one's resonating today?
1: I worked, you know, really, really hard in my younger 20s. To combat the wounding from a really broken childhood, I went to 12 steps for nine years. I mean, I feel like that I should get a badge. <laughs> a long time to work the 12 steps, actively working the 12 steps, you know, became a sponsor myself and my husband as well. And, you know, lots of therapy and programs and stuff. And so I think that when I started my business, I thought kind of to myself, like I have done the work to be the person that can hold this container for other people. And I absolutely had the coaching aspect for me and really guiding people from point A to point B in their lives and helping them find that wisdom within themselves, all of that stuff. It has felt like second nature. Like it's so easy to me, but running a business, that side of it was like, oh my gosh. And I thought to myself, oh, it's just because I haven't learned the skills, right? It's like when you, when you first learn, start learning the keyboard, you just have to type and type and type until you get it figured out. And it's fine. Or I would tell myself, remember when you, had to learn the cash register when you were in high school, you can do this, you know, but (laughs) as anxiety grew and pressure grew and decisions had to be made. And I went along this path. You reach a point where you realize, wait a second, I keep learning new strategies and I'm still not experiencing the fulfillment that I thought this would bring. And I'm working harder and not necessarily creating the impact that I want to create. Like, wait a second, what's going on here? And that's what started having me unpack, you know, how this shows up for women in business, it was like, wait a second. And I started to realize it was all the same patterns that I had had to work through years before from a broken childhood, from an almost broken and failing marriage. It was these masculine feminine principles at play. And I had allowed myself to almost completely squalch out my feminine when I was running my business and then expecting myself to just, you know, like step out of my office, which is in my home home, <laughs> like the feminine goddess that I am. And, uh, and, and think that that was going to work. I tried that, right? We're taught to compartmentalize and that doesn't work. It didn't work for me at all. And th- then I started getting in conversation with women. Like, well, what do you do? Well, I found out it doesn't work for any of the women I know. And now even working with men, I found, even though like men are better for sure at compartmentalizing, they can't even a hundred percent compartmentalize, like a Human being is not meant to do that. And so what relief that brought me to recognize, oh, wait a minute, maybe it's not another strategy that I need to learn. Maybe there's actually some principles at play here that I can like, Work to heal within myself, and then as I've done that, how that has changed my experience in business, and then applying that with my with my clients. I think that was probably where the biggest aha came through is working with a client, and we're talking about sex in her marriage, and we're talking about like you know fun stuff that 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 kind of stuff just lights me up. Like you know how you know her husband um, bought her gifts that he hadn't bought her anything in years, or how you know just things like this right? And then to see how it was impacting her business almost without effort. Or she'd come to me and say, I've done less in my business than I have, you know, in years. And I, and I doubled my income. And it was like, wait a second, there is a correlation here. We're not accessing our full power. So I would say like those series of events were what had me really, shift and hone in and focus on business women, because we have such a big vision and passion in the world. I do too. And then it's like, well, wait a second. I, um, like I'm being held back like I can't even show up as my full self because I'm over here trying to compartmentalize all these parts of me
0: well and also isn't there an element um I know for me and I'm wondering for you if you've seen this with your clients so not only is it like that we're compartmentalizing and not like showing up in full but also the like if those parts don't fit our definition of who we think we should be or how we should be in business or how we should think or feel or act in business um, or in the workplace that something things wrong with us. Mm -hmm. But then when we, it sounds like when we get to learn about the, all of the pieces of us and bring us fully in one, it sounds like it's more effective. And two, we can drop all that.
1: Yes. That's a hundred percent. it. At the end of the day, that's everything. And I think for me, accessing the feminine in myself and, uh, and supporting women to access they're feminine within themselves, that's actually what it's all about. It's just a little gateway, a little doorway that helps us look at it differently and access our true nature, which allows us to release all the shoulds and shouldn'ts, even if they are feminine or masculine or whatever they are, and just show up in our essence in our being. And then the actions that we take are actually inspired based on our being rather than doing, doing, doing so that we can become something that we think we're supposed to be. We already recognize we are that. We're in that beingness. And then we just take inspired action based from that
0: beingness. What important work, uh, you know, so this podcast and a lot of my work is all about helping people make their bigger, bolder impact in the world, but, and helping them remove the barriers. So, uh, what a huge barrier. It sounds like you're helping people uh, eliminate. And really it's just about, well, and it's not so much barrier, but like these compartmentalizations, of a barrier within. So can you give me an example of kind of one step that someone listening could take to identify like where, you know, what's a just a tiny piece of some exercise or a question that you might ask a client? Yeah. So what I love to guide people to is just intimacy
1: with themselves first intimacy is kind of our gateway to our feminine and to that true inner voice and I define intimacy as into me see Mm -hmm. so right uh, we can't really experience true connection and fulfillment with other people around us unless we've done that with ourselves and we can really only connect with others around us to the depth at which we've connected with ourselves so I so I would say to someone you know, in any given situation, immediately notice what discomfort shows up for you. If you, if you identify a situation and you're like, oh, this feels uncomfortable to me. It's taking a pause, giving yourself some space to feel what that discomfort is. And first we feel it in our physical body. So we can do it right now as we go through this little, I'll talk you through it, but we can just do it right now. It's like, oh, interesting. Do I notice any discomfort in my physical body? Where do I feel tension? Our body really represents the feminine. Our mind represents the masculine. So anything from the neck down that's communicating to us is communicating from our inner voice or our feminine energy. So I love
0: that. I did not, I was not aware of that. So, Ooh, I love that
1: little piece of that little tidbit there. So we access, okay, what discomfort am I feeling? And then we can identify, is there emotion present, an emotion, a feeling? We might not be able to name it, or we might, and that's okay. Either way, we're just showing up with kind of curiosity. So for me right now, I feel a little bit of tightness right above my belly button. That's called your solar plexus chakra. And I think the emotion probably is like nerves, right? Like doing a podcast interview, there's a little bit of nerves nervousness. So then I give myself permission to feel the feeling. This is so important. We always want to skip this step. Everybody says, Oh, I'm good with feelings. I feel my feelings all the time. We don't, we actually really don't (laughs) feel Mm -hmm. our feelings. So it's a matter of literally getting curious about the discomfort, sitting with it, getting still noticing the quality of the sensation. Like, is it hot or cold? Is it tight or loose? Just being with it. And we do this because our emotions, our body are trying to guide us to create the life we want. We don't realize that about emotions. Doing this into me, see work. There's a point to feeling your feelings because our feelings are a compass, our roadmap that point us to what we deeply value. So we ask ourselves in that space what is it that I deeply value? If we're feeling discomfort, likely there's a value that's missing in our current situation. So even for me just now, I got a little vulnerable, right? I said, okay, here's where I'm feeling the tightness. It's probably like nervous. I feel nervous, a little nervous there. And then I go, okay, what value, what's deeply meaningful to me that's missing right now? Hmm. And for me, it's probably acceptance of myself, Right, like a little nervous, like I just need to do a little bit of work here for a moment to say, Melissa, I totally accept you, you're gonna do a great job. And then automatically, I feel this, like, oh, I feel so much
0: better. Oh, good. I was kind of holding my breath there, I was like, I hope I'm not doing that. Yet. Oh, you're so feeling comfortable. See, there's my little, like, uh, yeah, my little <laughs> vulnerability, you're a little nervous, right? <laughs> so, and it can
1: help to have a values list in front of you, you can just Google that or you can come to my website. I've got a values list available. But what do you think uh, if you're willing to go there? You you know, you kind of felt a little nervous too. Oh, she feels nervous. Now I feel nervous. (laughs) Value do you think that emotion is calling you towards something you deeply value
0: oh my goodness well I I don't know what you know I have not seen your list or, or a list of values but I know that I have I really want people to feel their best and I want to like provide the space for that and mm-hmm. so it was something with am I yeah am I Is there something I'm doing that is um, creating, you know, barriers to, to you feeling comfortable in your, in your best? Cause I would not want to feel that way. So I don't know what you would call that. (laughs) Maybe there's like
1: a confidence in the container, right? Or a security in the container that you're providing. Those might be some of the value words. So, but isn't this good, right? As you Mm -hmm. start to question that and you break it down, it guides you to what you deeply value. And what you deeply value is like the guidepost for how to create the best life you want. So that's just the little, the little step. Now we just went through, I'll just break it down quickly. Notice discomfort. Pause. Feel it in your body. See if you can identify an emotion, feel it, and then ask yourself what value is present for you.
0: I really like that. And I'm, so, you know, I'm always connecting to other things that I've learned in the past. And have you heard of EMDR, which is a form of it's like counselors yeah, yeah. do that. Yeah. So I, um, it's for PTSD. And so I've gone through some PTSD EMDR stuff. And, um, the reason I'm attaching it is, and I'm going to ask you like, does this make sense? But like when you're doing EMDR, you're thinking about like, past kind of traumatic experiences. And then Mm -hmm. you're re-experiencing the emotion of it. But also I have huge, I've had huge physical reactions in Mm -hmm. my body. And Mm so I guess to me, that tells me if you're not dealing with it in the moment, dealing with it in the moment, your body's remembering, which there is a book called Your Body Keeps the Score that is all about... (laughs) (laughs) but is that part of like, is that resonating with you? Is that? Yes. A hundred percent. So as that's like the surface
1: level tool, right. And that works some of the time. Sometimes we have to go a little deeper because there's trauma or there's a trigger buried in there. Right. So we have to actually go to some of those past experiences and go, Oh, wait a minute. I know I'm feeling this way because it's just like, you know, when I was 13. And my uncle said this to me. And then I, right. Yes. (laughs) So we do that. And we can even ask our inner child self like, Oh, like, okay, let's feel that feeling. And then we nurture that younger self. And then we ask her, what value would you have wanted to experience and cultivating those experiences as an adult? Like, In the um, pure spirit of like nurturing on, you know, loving on your inner child is literally the best self-care that exists on the planet. Like it knocks, you know, your bubble bath or whatever out of the park. For instance, one time I had a friend, I had shared with a friend, a a trigger that had come up and some different things. And I was like, gosh, you know, and I realized it was this piece from my childhood and whatever, I was working at the time on becoming a yoga teacher. I was nervous, like crazy about it. And it, you know, triggered some childhood stuff and I had to go do this you know, first ever, what do you call it? Gosh, it was like an interview, but you had to lead the owner of the Mm, studio through a yoga class, pretty much just you and her. And it was so terrifying. (laughs) She was really tough. And my friend sent me a yoga generation doll. Like these are these like little girl dolls from Walmart and (laughs) she's got a yoga outfit on and I'm, you know, 25 at the time. Right. And I had never received such a sweet gift in my entire life. Like, you wouldn't believe as a grown woman, how excited I was to see this doll in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the kinds of like beautiful things that can unfold from, you know, even being willing to go deeper.
0: Well, and I think too, so I love that you talked about like sometimes that emotional reaction that you're having, it might be bigger or different that because of, you know, it's a trigger. So there's something in your past. So being able to understand that, I know when I talk to people about their emotions. I do kind of share like sometimes, I mean, we don't, well, again, I kind of want to have a conversation with you to say like, have I been right the way I've been sharing this? Because yeah, I always say like our emotions are just like you said, like our emotions are really important. They give us important information. They help keep us safe. You know, we should listen to our body and our intuition and all of that. But there are times when an emotional response might not be related to the thing that's happening in that moment. I mean, maybe it's you're hungry or you're tired, or it is this trigger from a past. And so we don't necessarily want to, and again, crack me if I'm wrong, though, but we don't necessarily want to immediately take action based on a feeling like you kind of have to observe it and take a look at kind of more for yourself initially, and then see if there's action to take.
1: Yes, totally. Which is why we go to, why we go to what it is that you value rather than going immediately to action, right? Like if I acted on every time I felt mad, that would obviously result in disaster (laughs) (laughs) for me, for my team, for my family. I probably could still work on that with my children. Let's just be honest, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but that's why we go to what you value because how, we how we then go about what we value this is like you know tying back to what we had said earlier all this stuff we're doing in our being right we're feeling the feeling we're allowing it we're being compassionate with it maybe we're even allowing ourselves to go to oh wait is this a trigger and what might it be a trigger of and oh yes that's what it was maybe we're doing some journaling with it right this is all happening in our being and then we get to the value and the value helps then and guide the inspired action that we take. There's a million ways for me to experience. What was the value? I said, acceptance. Mm-hmm. I wanted to experience acceptance, right? I immediately went to the strategy because I've done this work a million times, right? The strategy for me was telling myself, Hey, you got this Melissa. I accept you. Like no matter what you say on this podcast, Like I accept you. That was my strategy. But how many other strategies could I have employed to experience acceptance? So many, you know, and now you can see how like this could benefit so many people, right? If you say you're having a tiff in your marriage or your partnership, and this is what comes up, I just really want to be accepted. It's like, oh, well, how can you get that? Yeah, I can do it for myself, but actually I'd love to hear my partner, you know, maybe I want to ask them, like, can you tell me the things that you love about me or why it is that, you know, you said yes to me when we first met or can you, whatever, right. We can bring other people into our strategies. We can even, there's just so many ways then that you, yeah,
0: I love that. Yeah. Because Right. We can look and like test the waters, think about like, is this something that I can give to myself or do I need to? And I always use the word request versus ask or, you know, cause it's not a demand. It's not a dictation. It's a request, mm-hmm. uh, which just has that softer. But so yeah, at times it sounds like it really can help you gain clarity about what you need so that you can make a request if there is someone that you need it from.
1: And I even lead as a business owner this way. So with my team members, I actually will lead with feelings. I'll say, I felt very confused when this task didn't, didn't get accomplished. I felt very confused about that. And what I'm really hoping to experience in this is clarity. And that's why we're having this conversation. So you hear how I just weaved in my feelings, my values, and right away people are off the defense because I just shared my feelings and what I deeply value. And then we can just go about creating solutions together.
0: That's great. So tell Tell me as you built this business, uh, what was the biggest internal or external challenge that you had to overcome personally? And how did you overcome it?
1: As I built the business, I think that probably the the biggest one was the initial decision to take it really, really seriously. I had done coaching certification. And I mean, anybody who's been in this world knows that you can take a lot of coaching certification that does not
0: Make you a business owner, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Um, like a hobby doesn't even always make you a good coach, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Saying nothing Um, about you, of course, like I can tell you're a good coach. (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) So I had done the coaching certification and then it came time to make a decision to invest in their level two, the the program I was going through. And the certification was $2,500. Level two was $10,000. And I My family and I were on food stamps and Medicaid with four kids. And it was like, it literally felt like the most impossible ask of our family to be able to invest $10,000 into, into a program. I, you know, I mean, I was literally in trauma. Like I was shaking. I like couldn't think straight. I couldn't sleep for days. Like everything was hinging on this decision. And I remember one night I couldn't sleep. I finally just got up. It was like two in the morning and I went and got in the shower and I was praying and like, I am so tired of all this. You know, I can remember the feeling just like, I'm so tired of this, like mental, like weight of this decision. And how am I going to make this happen? My husband was so sweet. You know, whatever you feel like you need to do, we will absolutely support you in your decision. And I, it felt like, there was just darkness all around me. Like I couldn't see anything clearly. And in the shower, I'm praying and I'm in this state. And it felt like this, like almost like a lightning bolt of clarity just came through the center of it all. And I remember I could still feel like the darkness was just, all I had to do was just like, reach out and grab it and it would come right back in. But I felt this peace that was like, you know, this is what you need to do, Melissa. And you've known it. It was like, you've known it your whole life on your whole, every timeline that exists of your life. You've known this is what you're supposed to do. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> and made the decision, called my coach up, that, you know, next morning, because it was still like 3am or whatever and told her, okay, i don't. I don't know how we're going to do this. We're going to do it. We put it all on a credit card and I worked my butt off and made it back and more in the six month program that I was in.
0: Wow. That is very inspirational. And I, that, uh, the relief, it sounds like that you had in that moment, gaining that clarity, uh, boy, there's, it's such a difficult time when you, you know, I call it limbo land where you're, you're on the precipice of making this big decision and, yeah. and You continue to be undecided. So, you know, the current state is not the yes, but so what is going to be the yes. And then as soon as you take that next step, yeah, the energy and all that, that brings, that's amazing. And so tell me how you stayed on track during that six month program and how you, um, yeah, how, like what happened after that moment, other than calling your coach, (laughs) (laughs) I, to be
1: honest, I think the first year of running my business, I, I felt like an infant and, and I had referenced this a little bit earlier in our conversation, but I really just allowed, I was in full on teach me mode, right? Looking outside of myself for all the answers, all the strategies and stuff. And I, and in many ways I needed that because I didn't know the strategies. I didn't, I had no idea how to run a business. It was insane. <laughs> and so I and so I just worked really hard tirelessly uh, learning how to do business and what to do but in the process like i said i also sort of squelched away my feminine and i would say it wasn't until about maybe a year and a half ago or so that i i realized oh my gosh this is just like the journey of uh like that we go through in life right like i feel like life we're born as a child and we're in that space too like just teach me we're looking outside of our ourselves all the time for the answers. We don't have the answers, but then we reach a certain point in our adulthood where we realize, dang it, I was so much wiser as a kid. And we spend the rest of our life unlearning all the things, right?
0: (laughs) Well, we, then we get all the fears and all that stuff standing in our way. (laughs) It's like, I want the tenacity, not the fear, but the knowledge. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) So so that's that's kind of I reached that same point in my business of like, oh, my gosh, but there was this gentleness and this, you know, heavy emphasis on caring for people, not caring so much about the numbers or the right like this childlike approach that I had towards my business. And so. Then I began to really reintegrate that, that feminine piece back in, uh, in the last year and a half into my business, into my day to day. And it's been a a really beautiful and so interesting journey because no still, even in the internet world, right. Where you can do it, however you want, it still feels like so much pressure to do it the way that they, whoever they is say that you have to do Mm it. And it can feel like such a lonely road as a business owner.
0: Yeah. So it's like taking the learning and then figuring out how it like select the things that fit with who you are and um, say no to the things that don't, but having the courage to do that and the wisdom the self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. to be able to understand what's going to be a fit.
1: Yep. And then, you know, and then along that whole path, not, um, so for me, it was not losing that integrity in my relationships. So before I started my business was like I said, when my husband and I worked so hard and our whole motive was to just create a really beautiful marriage, to just have, um, that peace in our home and have that connection and that intimacy in our, in our, like, Uh, relationship and our love with each other and with our children. And so I'm so grateful that I had done that work before I came in as a business owner, because that has caused me to constantly, that's my anchor. That's what I keep going back to. And that's my gauge like, Oh, I can see I've stepped out of integrity because I feel very disconnected, you know, from my husband or from one of my children or from my own sex drive. Like that's where my
0: gauge is. And that's why I, you know, I'm good at this intimacy um, work. That's great. So tell me what words of wisdom do you have, which you have shared so many tips and strategies and so much wisdom already, but, but I want to give you the opportunity to share some words of wisdom to others who are listening who are maybe just on the, the beginnings, you know, just starting on the path of making their own impact in the world? What would you tell them? Mm.
1: (laughs) I think the number one thing is grace with ourselves. Mm. I came into this journey with this understanding that when you follow your heart, it's always going to be a tumultuous journey that is going to come with extreme highs and extreme lows. And it's going to be like an adventure, like what you never could have expected. And so along that path, if you're trying to do that with control and perfectionism and all of that, like literally that pressure can crush you. But if you go into it, trusting that your heart will always guide you back to the right path. Even when you stumble here or there or veer way off, eventually your heart's going to nudge you back and it's all going to be okay. And you will hundred percent make big mistakes and have, you know, failed investments and all the things because every single business owner who has ever been a great business owner has to go through those things. But that grace for yourself, just recommit you know, why did I do this? Like what excited my heart about this from the beginning and then come right back and your heart will guide you every time.
0: Oh, so important. Yeah. And don't waste energy on beating yourself up about those missteps or the errors or all of that. Just take the learning from it and then yes, get refocused and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yes. Grace. That is the perfect perfect word for the day. So I hope that everyone who's listening is taking notes and writing that down. The word is, is grace. Cause that is so important. And also I would say not only, um, like our own missteps, that bright, shiny object thing or whatever, but where are there people that are sometimes kind of bumping you off the path where, you know, maybe their motives aren't aligned or they don't totally understand what you're doing or all of that. So being true to yourself and realizing that no one else is in your shoes and has the, the exact same perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so have those good boundaries too. Love that.
1: Yeah, that's always been surprising, but truly that little um, stereotypical thing that they say about, you know, oh, the more successful you grow, the more, um, you know, haters you acquire. It's fascinating. It's like, what? Like out of nowhere, it really is a thing. And so we get to just like love people and Ho'oponopono is my favorite right now. in <laughs> Grace, thank you, Ayla love you. I forgive you. I'm sorry all the time.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. Uh, there's something that's uncomfortable for them in some way, and it doesn't have anything to do with you, likely. Yes. So well, thank you so much for Melissa for everything that you've shared today. You've given so many tips. So um, I want to make sure that everyone knows how to, because if you're listening without taking notes, I know you're going to want to come back uh, and listen again and uh, be able to take notes. So and also at the the um, show notes page for today's episode, we will have notes for you too. There'll be some uh, a few notes and the links to connect with Melissa. So to get to today's show notes, you can go to defeatthedrama.com click on the podcast tab and go to episode 271 in uh there we will have the link to Melissa's Facebook group her website which is melissakeenan.com and again we'll have a few notes from today but uh my uh i'm assuming that you're going to want to listen to this again and definitely be taking notes
1: it's um www.melissakeenan.com
0: so um well thank you Melissa and uh if you are. Uh, need some additional assistance too with your team uh, growing and in your scaling your business. I encourage you to also go to myimpactacademy.com forward slash join. You can get two free weeks. There's tons of content there uh, PDF downloads, videos, audios, all the things organized by key topics and strategies that you need to be um, successful as you're building your business or working with family. So uh, eliminate that friction so you can make your bigger, bolder impact. Uh, you also get time with me every couple weeks. So, um, so thank you, Melissa, again, it's been amazing. And I can't wait to um, see what else you do in the world. Thank you so much, Kirsten.